dynamic drop. I'm just curious of your, your overall assessment of the 2019 class. Um, that's a good question. Um, I think this draft is, you know, there's been a lot of uh, comments about how, how good the draft is across the D-line, but I think there's, there's plenty of other positions where this draft is, uh, is good across the board. So, you know, without getting the specifics of the positions, there's probably about three or four positions where this draft is uh, really strong. And so, um, you know, that, that shows on our board, and that's, gonna, that's probably going to play out on draft night. John, looking three years into your tenure here, how much of what you're doing now is you having your own style in comparison to a direct correlation of what you learned in your Um, You know, I've, I've learned a lot from Ozzie, but there's only one Ozzie Newsom. And he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. Um, so I think everyone has their own unique style and what they bring. And um, just for me personally, I, I've been blessed to be around a lot of great people in this business and had a chance to see how things were done in Baltimore, see how things were done in Chicago with a mixed staff, and see how things are done here with uh, people coming from different uh, different perspective and different viewpoints. And, you know, touch on something that Howie mentioned earlier. I mean, you know, we're tasked by Jeffrey, and, and we're all big believers in how – um, we brought together a staff of different viewpoints and perspectives, and we all come to the same conclusion. We all, we all speak our minds, and we ha- all have strong viewpoints, but at the end of the day, we respect each other's uh, work and respect each other's decision. Joe, recent years you guys have drafted and or signed three uh, local running backs. And saw you at the Pro Day with uh, Laquell and Bosch right. Kimmer. Right. Um, what did you see from him? Uh, what do you think his chances are? And uh, what was that interaction like? Because obviously Swell Deuce working with yeah, it was a, it was a great day. Take a little field trip up north to the Temple, and that's a that's been a great program. They've done a great job um, the last few years, and uh, I expect them to keep doing a great job up at Temple. Um, but uh, Quell, they had they had uh, quite a few guys that had, that helped themselves and had good days. And Quell, Quell was one of those guys, and uh, we had a chance to spend some time with him, and uh, he really made the most of his opportunity. Um, he was competitive. He was in shape. He did well. He caught the ball well. I mean, there's a lot of things that he did well. After being here for a few years now, how, what's the, the evolution or the progress between you working with Howie, working with coaching staff as well as working with Brown? You know, the evolution has been that it's been cons- there's been consistency, you know, within um, our staff, within uh, our group. Uh, this is year three, and we've all been together. So we've gotten to know each other more. Um, We've gotten to see the types of players that we each gravitate to because, you know, everyone has a type of player that they're looking for. And we've been able to get on the same page, and I think that's been the most important thing over the last three years. Joe, I want to ask you about one of the Philly kids, Nasir Adderley. You know, he ran at his pro day, yeah. and he didn't get to finish his 40. His hand kind of grabbed him. Right. So like, when that happens, does that impact your decision and across the board? How, how does that influence decision-makers as it relates to a guy and his chances of being yeah, you know, unfortunately, um, that's not he's not the only case where that's happened, and there's been plenty of years where, you know, there's been talented, skilled guys that haven't been able to perform or run at their pro day um, that have gone on to be really good players. Um, just with Nasir, um, you know, like we were talking in the uh, media house, you know, he's a guy that's a versatile guy. You know, he's a guy that's played two years at corner. He's played two years of safety at Delaware, so that versatility should aid him. Joe, how easy or how difficult is it when you guys get close to your pick? phone calls coming in, chance to trade up, trade out. How do you kind of filter that out a little bit and be able to focus on the same Yeah, we, we have a process where we try to make calm out of the chaos. But uh, you know, it, it, there, there, there is a lot of information going around. I mean, there's, there's it's, it's fun. It's fun. But, uh, you know, I, I feel good about the process that we have to, 
to make that as detailed and organized of a, pro of a process as can be, you know, even though it does get chaotic. You talked about uh, how you have a lot of strong opinions in your room, and that's what you want, a lot of opinions. Uh, when it comes down to it, who has the final say? You know, you know at, at the end of the day, you know, Jeffrey has the, the, the most important thing to him is collaboration, and we all, we all work together. You know, um, you know Howie, Howie, at the end of the day, is tasked with making a lot of tough decisions. And so, but uh, we, all, we all have the viewpoint. We all have the chance to speak our mind, and we all have uh, the, the, the chance to, you know, not all be on the same page at, at first, but all get on the same page at the end of the day. Joe, you guys just re-upped the guy who was a first-round draft pick in Brandon Graham. And his story to get from the early part of his days where people were like, I don't know if this is going to work out, to making one of the more iconic plays in franchise history. Can you talk a little bit about how sort of that maybe typifies the way people overreact early to, a, especially when a guy's a first-round pick? No, that's a great question because, you know, ideally um, a first-round pick or, or really any high draft pick, uh, they're picked, they come on campus, and they shine right away, right? I mean, that's, that's everybody's ideal pick. And for some guys, it's worked that way. For other guys, it hasn't. You know, we've had two examples of that um, where – Guys may not have the start that they want. They go through adversity, but they're able to pick themselves up and, and come back and perform at a high level. And, you know, those are the guys you root for, you know. And, um, you know, at some point, these young guys, are, they're going to they're gonna be challenged. They're going to hit rock bottom, and they're going to have to be able to pick themselves up and dust themselves off and, and show that they can withstand the adversity. How do you view this linebacking class coming out this year? You know, I think there's a lot of guys that can, that can play four downs. Um, you know the linebacker. The linebacker position has probably evolved um, a lot over the last few years with the uh, spread offenses, and you know they're they're being asked, they're being put in a lot of difficult situations where, you know, whatever they do, they're wrong with the RPO game. Um, so uh, this is this is a group of uh, highly skilled, and talented guys in this draft. So we'll see how it plays out over the weekend. We'll do a couple more. I thought it was interesting when you guys talked about the gadget players now and how they've evolved in terms of restructuring the draft, how much does that alter the draft process specifically for a need to a certain style of offense? You know, I think it just, it depends specifically for, for, you know, each coordinator around the league and, you know, what they do. You know, there may be some offenses that don't, that don't have that kind of player. Um, I think you do see more and more offenses that do. Um, and so you've seen that kind of permeate through college football and it's making its way up through, uh, through the pro ranks. And, uh, you know, I, I just think, I think the value that's put on players like that, it just it's just dependent of the, each individual team. Joe, we've seen you guys take some risks in drafts. I mean, last year Jordan Mailata, when we first met him, he hadn't even put on the helmet yet. Right. And you know, you guys draft him, and he took a pretty big leap by the end of the preseason. Saw that with Sidney Jones. Can you talk a little bit about the dynamic inside your draft room and taking risks and saying we're willing to take a shot on a guy when maybe other people? Yeah, you know, I think by the time that that decision's you know made on draft day, I mean we've we've gone over probably a thousand scenarios on each uh, you know each pick and you know who's there and you know what their fit is uh, specifically you know for a guy like Jordan, um, we, we didn't we didn't necessarily feel that was a risk because we because our coaches did such a good job in the preparation and meeting with Jordan and spending time with Jordan and that you know we knew we were going to have a, a good fit um, with him coming in. You know, that being said, I think everyone's excited about Jordan, you know, based on the preseason he had. But I think it's also important for people to remember that this is year two of football, you know, not just professional football, but football. 
And so, you know, he had a really good preseason game in, uh, in week four of the preseason. Um, and everyone's excited to see how he does uh, coming back in this offseason. So, you know, everyone's excited about Jordan.